Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have a, I, you guys are just going to love this girl. She, her name is Yuri Choi and I hope I'm saying her, I didn't even ask if like I'm saying her name right. So, um, but I want to welcome my new friend Yuri Choi to the show. Yuri, welcome. Good morning. Did I say it right? Yes, you said it perfect. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even ask. I'm like, I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, there's not too many variations, so you're safe. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, phonetically, it's got to be right. So so Nick Lowry, our mutual friend Nick, referred you to me and no, said awesome. he is, he is. He's been on the show. So, um, so you know, I, I started this show a couple of years ago to help people get unstuck in life. And right now I'd say there's a lot of people that are stuck um, and freaking out and scared and all of that. So I think this is perfect because you're a performance and mindset coach. Yes. yes. That's exactly what I talk about all day. So perfect. (laughs) That's awesome. That's so awesome. So let's start with, and by the way, there will be times when you're up on screen by yourself like that. I'm still here. Don't, don't worry. So, um, so I want to start with where you were born and raised. Let's start there. Sure. Um, I was actually born in South Korea. And um, yeah, I was born in South Korea. I grew up there till about three. I lived in Austin, Texas for a year, randomly came back to Korea and grew up there till I was about 11 and then grew up in Denver. And then, you know, I was in California. So I've been all over the place. But right now I'm in the beautiful, sunny um, Encinitas, North County, San Diego. So quarantined here safely. Yeah, well, that's not a terrible place to be quarantined. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> my buddy Zach Zach Benson is on right now. He oh, said, yay. Yes. So, yes. Do you know Zach? <laughs> I do. Zach's He's awesome. South Korean. Love it. Yeah. So, um, so you lived like all over the place. <laughs> yes. Wow. And what, so what ended up, what, and what landed you in, in San Diego? Is that like where you went to school and all that or? So I went to Chapman University, which is in Orange County. So a little north of here, about an hour um, north here. And I lived in Newport Beach for a little while, like 10 years. And yeah. And then I actually moved to San Diego about a year and a half ago. And this was after a big life transition, which, you know, I can go a little bit more into, but um, I just wanted to find peace and I needed a shift in my energy and just everything. So this is a really peaceful place. There's a cute little meditation garden here that I fell in love with, even though, um, you know, I can't really go there now, right now. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
we're going to talk about meditation. You know, I've meditated every single day of my life for 16 and a half years. Wow. Yeah, a long time. I live by meditation. So um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. You've got um, people on here saying, wow, she's so beautiful. Thanks, Chanel. That's so sweet. Yeah. So, so. So you, uh, where did you graduate high school then from? From Denver. Oh, Denver. Oh, yes. Wow. Okay. I know. I need a little urine tracker. <laughs> where have I been? So, and then you ended up in Orange County going to, going to college. Yes, I did. So I grew up in Denver and, um, yeah, you know, at the time, my parents were very strict, and I was like, I want to go to California where they can't come visit me like every 20 minutes. <laughs> but, you know, as I grow older, um, I start to miss them a lot. So they ended up moving to California to meet me here. So, oh, did they really? Yeah, <laughs> it worked out. So, so what was your major in college? Um, in college, I did psychology and marketing, which is honestly perfect for what I'm doing now. Wow, um, yeah. And um, I didn't really know why or what I wanted to do at the time. I just knew that I wanted to help people either um, monetarily or um, directly. And I feel like coaching, I can kind of do both. Um, so, yeah. That's so awesome. So, so um, after college... What, 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 what happened next? Where, where'd you go from there? Yeah. So after college, and by the way, I have a lot of unique life experiences. That I'm sure. I'm so, sure. um, for, for where I'm at, for my age, um, I feel like I've went, I've gone through a lot of unique experiences that really helped me shape who I am. And, um, I think for me, I realized that I have the rest of my life to share my message, share my experiences to inspire people and help them, you know, get unstuck and help them get back on track and, you know, regain their power and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, just to answer your question after college, um, I, uh, yeah, I went to, I was just in corporate. I didn't really know what to do, to be honest with you. Good morning, Jamie. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And, um, I just kind of fell into like banking, all sorts of different sales jobs. Yeah. Um, and after a while and, you know, nothing wrong with it. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. And after, um, 10 years of that, my dad, um, ended up getting cancer and went through two and a half years of excruciating journey as a family, mm. uh, but also a beautiful journey of just really understanding what's really important in life. And, um, after my dad passed away, I just kind of had a moment where I'm like, I just started questioning everything that I thought was normal in my life and um, just really questioning everything so that I can redefine who I am, where I'm headed, what I'm going to do with my gifts. So, yeah. How did you, I, I love the fact that you just said gifts. So at, at what point did you, and how did you discover your gifts? I mean, you're, you're like, you've got, You've got this radiant glow of beautiful energy coming off of you right now. And every video I've seen you in, you're just radiant with this, this amazing energy. And so what was it that helped you discover your gift? Um, I think gifts have been with me since I was born. That's why they're called gifts, right? <laughs> and, so, um, and like, you know, I have these moments now looking back. I know that these were all these little like signs, like divine breadcrumbs to be like, hey, that you're, this is your gift. This is your yeah. gift. So yeah. you know, even when I was like five or whatever, when you start writing journals or whatever, um, I remember being like, I just want this world to be a happier world. And, um, you know, at the time I thought every child said that, but I don't think that's true. That's something that I was passionate about then. Um, and then, you know, when I was 17, my mom, um, uh, a, a attempted suicide and survived. And though, so, um, what that really led me to is trying to understand what makes people so happy and so unhappy. And um, this became kind of like a personal mission and almost like an obsession and passion of mine. Yeah. So I really got into positive psychology, understanding human behavior, understanding just 
yeah, um, why people do what they do. So, you know, and at the time, of course, it was a difficult thing to do. But looking back in an, in its own weird way, it was a gift because it brought me to these steps that I needed to take so that I can really start to question what I need to question and, you know, look for these answers and so on. And even, um, yeah, just so many things have happened in my life that just gave yeah. me little hints. And so um, now I look at every experience as a gift and seeing, okay, how can this help me find, discover my gifts even more or other gifts that I'm not aware of yet. So I love that. So you, and I want to back up a little bit. You'll find that I like to jump around, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but let's go back to, you said something interesting um, that you were in Denver, you went to school in Denver, at least it never snows there. Never. <laughs> we see to school. Yeah, I have a lot of friends. A buddy of mine in Denver just was showing me this house he was in the other day. And I'm like, dude, is that snow laying on the ground? And he's like, yeah, we got 12 inches the other night. I'm like, oh my God, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. But so you said that your parents were very controlling. Mm -hmm. What de define that? What's that mean? So I had a few counts against me, like I'm an only child, I'm a girl, I'm an immigrant, so just like different culture. Um, so they just had really high expectations and um, a certain idea of how life gets to be for me. Um, you know, going to college was like a no brainer and getting a corporate job was a no brainer. So yeah. it was kind of like, and of course, like looking back, they wanted the best for me. And sure. Um, in a lot of ways, it worked out. And so I'm grateful for that. And though at the time, um, I was like, I just want to, <laughs> I just want to do something um, different on my own. And, um, it, but at the time, you know, I think what I learned is that I do value freedom a lot. And I think they, in that se separation, I say, um, from Colorado to California, I think in that separation of distance, we both got to honor that level of freedom um, yeah. even more and actually honor connection even more. So, yeah. yeah. How, how did they feel about you leaving Denver and, and running off to California? <laughs> <laughs> I was determined. And, you know, to be honest with you, where I went to college um, and I think I started following my instincts and my guts early on. Um, I remember visiting the campus and they actually came with me. So they were kind of supportive. They, they, I think they would have rather have me stay, but, um, you know, I just knew, I just knew that's where I needed to be. That's where I, that's where my next step was. I just had this like gut feeling like this is where I get to be. So I was wow. so excited about it and I was, and, you know, at first, um, you know, I could have gone to you see um, Boulder, because it's an in-state school, it would have been a lot more, um, you know, different price cost. <laughs> yeah. And then I ended up going to this um, uh, private school in Orange County. But um, that's when I decided because I'm like, you know what, I'm going to do two for one, I'm going to get two degrees in four years. So let's, you know, let's do it. I'll make it worth it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Two degrees. So, so you, you, um, how long were you in California before your parents moved out there? Ooh, that's a good question. When did they move? Um, I think I was in California for like good seven years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I really have to think about it. So you broke free from the control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, I did. And, um, I, they, they saw, they're like, oh, wow. If we just like, let, let that breathe a little bit, she yeah. has room to grow. So there's a learning experience. for both of us. So, so you, um, as, as you were working in corporate, like what are some of the challenges that you faced um, in college and, and in corporate? I mean, you know, you, you said you had a lot of a lot of things. Well, that was probably from your parents' point of view, the the strikes against you. But, but like, what are some of the the challenges you face that that you were like? Because I I think that a lot of people, you know, hit these these walls in life, and and you know, I I mean, it can feel like 
I'm never getting through this. You know, I've been there. I'm sure you've been there where you feel like I, I don't know how to get through this. It, it doesn't feel like I'm going to, right? Yeah. Did you, did you experience any of that? Yeah, absolutely. Whew. Um, I think it's interesting because looking back, yes, there's two kinds of being stuck. Yeah. Is one, it's like so apparent it's in your face, you're stuck, you're like, oh my gosh, my life is over. And yeah. then there's this kind of stuckness that um, you numb it so much that you don't even know that you're stuck until you kind of come out of it. And yeah. I've definitely experienced both. Um, so for example, I think in college and um, corporate, um, I had these years that I was doing what's like the next thing that is supposed to be on the right track, but I was so stuck and not knowing like, what is my purpose? Like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> you know, after college, after all this, like, what am I here for? And I felt super stuck in that. But instead of exploring and leaning into that uncertainty and possibility, I ended up, you know, numbing it out. I partied a lot. I used to drink a lot, all this stuff. So in yeah. that way, I was stuck and then it kind of caught up to me later when I really started to question like, what am I doing here? Mm. And it's actually interesting. I'm literally saying this out loud for the first time, which is <clears throat> that stuckness, that kind of stuckness um, exploded even more in my face when the other kind of stuckness, the apparent like confronting stuckness happened. So everything kind of blew up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why um, you know, when my dad got sick and all these big life changes started happening, those became even more apparent because, you know, just kind of like the quarantine, right? Like how yeah. people are facing, you know, not, it's really not about the quarantine. It's all the stuff we've been, you know, stuffing down before this. And it's just with this big life change, a lot of these things are coming up for people is what I've observed at least. So, sure. yeah. So, so. You did a lot. And I, I, you know, I'm a recovered alcoholic with 17 and a half years sober. And, and, wow, and well, yeah, but I, I mean, I say that not, not for that. I mean, it's a gift and I accepted the gift and took action on receiving it. But, you know, um, there's a lot of people that go through those phases in life where it's like, yeah, let me just do everything I can to get outside of reality and, and numb whatever it is. And, and, um, it sounds like you went through some of that at least. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. And you know, the dangerous part of it all was that I was super functional. Like I was still doing well and pretty much, you know, a lot of aspects of my life, but, um, what I really, the cost of all that was cost of me being numb in that way was that I wasn't clear and I couldn't connect to that bigger purpose. Yeah. Which, you know, it was like this underlying um, dullness. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So what did you do in corporate America? Um. So I was in banking, which was not a good idea for me personally. <laughs> I have so that much. Sounds boring. Yeah, who do it well, but it wasn't for me. Um, and then I did banking for a little bit. I um, actually I was in um, a college, an art college, for five years doing um, admissions counseling. So okay. I did actually pick up a lot of my um, coaching skills and experiences during that time. So that yeah. was actually really cool. And then um, I went. I fell into sales and you know, uh, advertising, digital advertising to tax services, like all sorts of random things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how did it go in sales? You seem like you'd be great in sales. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. I, I did have a great time and I was, I was good. And every like year and a half to two years, I would hit this wall being like, I can't sell this anymore. And then I would at the time blame it on the job, blame it on the product. Yeah. But really, I, it was just me. I was just like not happy doing um, that because I knew there was something else I was supposed to be doing. Um, and it's kind of cool. Again, you know, every experience led me to where I'm at. And uh, now I really get to embrace that because that is a big part of anything I do, right? Like you're, yeah. you're, you're having to enroll people into who you are, what you do, the bigger messages, the visions. It is all sorts of a sales process in a way. So right, it's right. been helpful. And yeah, I'm happy 
not to be there. <laughs> so when when was the what where was the um I guess what was the the moment that you had the shift where you were like I I'm 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 ready to do my thing. Yes. Um it it wasn't just like one thing like you know I know hi Pat uh, I some people you know take the bandaid off like this I yeah. did really really painful excruciating way until I had to go but like it was like a process so for me um yeah I I was I started like my yoga fit apparel line right before I quit my corpus so I kind of started dabbling into that you know starting to dream about the day that I would quit but you know for a while for months I was scared I was just straight up scared I didn't know what it meant to not have this thing that was such a big part of me you know yeah. this this corporate world, um, this community, I didn't know what it all meant. So it was really scary for a while. And then I pushed it off, push it off. And, um, you know, I was like, one day I was actually, it's kind of a cool story. I was um, on the phone with one of my best friends from um, high school, Bonnie, and um, during lunch, lunch break at my job and I was like Bonnie I don't want to even go back I like cried in my car yesterday leaving work I'm just so unhappy and um I was like what do I do and she you know we were just chatting she's like I think you should just do it you've told me you know this before for me I know that this is the right thing for you and I was just still so scared and this was like months like three months after my dad had passed away and every time I see a butterfly I think of my dad mm the time i'm like on the phone with bonnie just being like i don't know what to do and all of a sudden i'm not even joking this little butterfly walks not even flies walks up to me wow <laughs> phone and i'm like um okay that's interesting <laughs> and then so i like hold out a piece of paper that i'm holding at the time and then it like hops on it i'm like Okay, so I'm on the phone holding this piece of paper, like doing an eye gazing thing with this butterfly. I'm like, I think I got my answer. I think I gotta go quit. And I had before then I had all these stories about how I can't quit that day because it was the day before my birthday. It was too dramatic and da 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 da. All these excuses. Yeah. And all of that didn't matter once I like really leaned into that faith um, and took that leap of faith. Um, and I think we're always getting messages and sometimes it's a butterfly, sometimes it's something else. Um, yeah. but as long as we're open to it, these messages are everywhere. Wow. That's crazy. I I've had, I, I, I can remember two different times in my life where I had a monarch butterfly land on my hand Wow! and just like this one time it literally just hung out there for a while. And I'm like, taking pictures of it and my my little girl that she it was it was insane so and i i'm like that i'm like there's got to be a message in this for me i i don't know what it is but wow um so so you were working and you went over this pretty fast i'm pretty sure you said you had a yoga apparel line <laughs> yeah so um i started a yoga apparel line with um one of my friends and it was a little bit less than a year um and to be honest uh, that was my first business we didn't really know what was happening um and um you know after a while we realized that we have different core values different um different visions even though we were saying the same words we said you know um, empowering women to live fearlessly and you know this fitness and health brand but we realized that we had a very different idea of what that meant so mm. we ended up um and at the time i was going into my coaching and all that so um we ended up closing that and though like again like everything has taught me so much um I think I realized that that's the number one thing that we have to do now, we get to do now when we have any kind of organization, any kind of business, any kind of partnership is to really get clear on the vision together, really get clear on the core values together. And this yeah. is actually one of the things that I focus on a lot with some of my leaders and CEO clients who um, you know, who are having a hard time trying to like, you know, empower their team or whatever. So is is getting getting clear on the the core values the mission the direction all of that 
Yeah. And like, you know, what are we made of? I believe that's kind of like the skeleton, the backbone of each person, each organization. Um, Like, what is that center? Like, how do you, you know, people talk about alignment. People talk about, um, you know, being, uh, you know, yeah, aligned for that vision. But what is that vision? Like, what are you tuning yourself into? Right, right. So, so the, um, you were, co- you were, so you were working in corporate America and started coaching. Yeah, no, 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 no. I started my yoga fit of line and then after I quit, I actually had my life has been interesting. So after I quit, by the way, this is the part I didn't tell you. I actually started painting a lot. So I became an artist, like. I started painting. I started selling my art. I got like invited to art shows like World of Dance. Well, that was an art show, but I was doing a mural there within like two to three months of me declaring that I was an artist, which I don't have any training. I just love art. Um, My dad, who um, passed away, he was an artist by trade in the beginning of his career. So I feel like I kind of channeled his energy. Um, So, but what that gave me, um, that gave me just like this confidence that I can do this, this life is really for me to explore. And that became really clear that I get to do what I want to do. Yeah. That's Um, so awesome. Yeah. So then I started coaching to answer your question. I started coaching after um, after I quit corporate actually. Yeah. Wow. I, I, yeah, I, I think I remember, I saw a picture on your Facebook page of you doing some kind of art and I wasn't sure uh, what I was looking at. So I'm like, (laughs) I I gotta find her videos. I'm, I'm trying to watch one of your videos just so I could get the feel of your, you know, your essence and who you are. And, um, so do you still do art? Not as much as I'd like to. Um, I've been actually trying to like go to Michael's and all that, but I think they're closed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and um, yeah, I've been craving that. I've been doing a lot of my creative work right now through writing and Mm -hmm. movement, like dancing, yoga. Um, So I still have my creative outlets um, and I do miss art. I haven't done that in a few weeks, few months, two months. Well, you know, maybe we'll be, you know, quarantined and you'll have a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm just kidding. Have you you noticed, though, that like everyone's like, oh, this quarantine. But then like they're like, yeah, but because of that, I'm doing this. Because of that, I'm doing this. Like all these things that they do. I hear that a lot. I have um, become really, 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 really good friends with a, a guy that's an actor in, in Hollywood. He has been for 45 years. And we actually became so close that we, him and I and another guy named Scott in Las Vegas started a show that we do on Sunday nights now. So, like, it, it's incredible, you know. And And had it not been for the quarantine, because he's on the TV show The Resident, Glenn Morshower. And so, you know, Glenn? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've met him at Habit True Warrior. Oh, okay. Yeah. Glenn's like a brother to me now. And and had it not been for this quarantine, though, we would have, I mean, we would have met eventually, but not, not grown as close as we have. And, and, you know, it's, um, so I, I think, and, and I think that you, you'll, you'll say the same thing. Um, if you look for the blessings, you'll find the blessings, right? Yeah, totally. So um, I started holding these like yoga, Zoom yoga classes every day at 8.30. You remember, I want to join, Ken, if you want. And, oh, yeah, I yoga all the time. Do you? No. Oh. <laughs> I don't know anything about yoga. <laughs> okay, well, I'm not going to um, <laughs> Do you? <laughs> I'm excited. I've never done yoga in my life, but I, I I'm open to it. So yeah, so I've been doing that, and I started creating a little community around it. And you know, one day, because uh, I typically go to a yoga studio, and you know, I could have just been like, "Oh, this sucks. I can't go to my yoga studio." And then we found a different way. And now, like one day, I was doing yoga with them. I'm like, you know what? I think one day, looking back, I'm going to miss these Zoom yoga classes with you guys. And this is awesome. So, um, yeah, absolutely. There's these nuggets of blessings everywhere. 
That is so awesome. I think when this is all, um, when this is all over there, we're, we're not going to miss those. I think there's going to be a hybrid version of, of everything we're doing now. Yeah, that's true. Right. I think maybe, I don't know. Um, so, and I've never been busier in my life than I <laughs> have been. Right. It's insane. Yeah. So, so, so you've, how, so how long have you been doing coaching now? For about two and a half years. Okay. What are some of the things that you've found that keep people stuck? Yes. Um, negative self talk loops. So I believe, mm. um, you know, it's interesting cause I've been studying, um, a lot about just like habits and addictions and these different things. And one thing that's becoming really clear is like anger and stress are actually addictions of their own because it literally keeps you in the loop. There's a trigger, you go there and you go through this loop. And until you become aware of it, you don't know you're in it. Yep. So by becoming aware of that loop, hey, do you notice that every time that this happens, you fall into the same loop and you go doop, doop, doop. That's exactly what's keeping them in their loops. And um, another thing is I started calling these the fun blocker. So this could look like, you know, fear of success, fear of failure, um, perfectionism, you know, whatever, fear of rejection, all these irrational fears. I call them the fun blockers because they literally block the fun and joy and peace out of our lives. Right. So um, that could look like, you know, for some people negative thinking, that could look like, you know, um, you know, drinking that could look like all sorts of different things and I'm not saying any of these are bad or good and that's not the paradigm i come from i think everything is just a choice and once you become aware of it you can make a powerful choice and say hey you know there's nothing wrong here it just i get to choose a different route if i want to so and and i i have to say you're 1000 percent correct people do become addicted to emotions right and you can become addicted to most people are addicted to the negative emotions right but yeah. you can become addicted to positive emotions yeah. right? so because of being a recovered alcoholic and and having sponsored and helped a lot of people in that realm i know that patterns can be broken that those addictions can be broken for someone addicted to anger, because that's a big one, um, how do you help interrupt that pattern? What do you do to help them, number one, get out of denial? Mm -hmm. That's powerful. Denial is very, very powerful and it's real. How do you help somebody interrupt that, break that habit? Yeah, that's a great question. So anger um, anger is a stress and fear um, fear infused emotion. And really what I help people do is first of all, reframe knowing that anger is actually a color of love, believe it or not. Most people deny that they have an anger, you know, loop because they, they have some kind of judgment about it or they think other people do, but really yeah. why do you ever get angry? It's because you love something so much that you want to protect it. You right. know, if a mother sees that their child is um, being threatened in any way, the mother is going to get angry. Why? Because she cares and loves the child so much. In that same way, a lot of times we're trying to protect something that is really important to us. We're just sometimes not aware what that is. So for example, um, you know, maybe you, um, you honor this value of, um, integrity so much. You value this value or you honor this value of honesty or whatever it is that you're trying to protect. Yeah. That's really where anger comes from. So helping people see that has been really powerful. Hey, you might think angry, being angry is um, bad, but what if we try on this idea that it's actually you showing love? You're just speaking a different language. And so knowing that, what if you chose to speak a 
different, different language. Right. That love instead and say and honor whatever that anger is showing you that's important to you that you might have not been aware of before. Um, and then you get to use this opportunity to say, thank you, anger, because without you, I wouldn't have even known that this was that important to me. And then you get to make a choice, which is, okay, well, knowing that, you know, um, this is actually what's really important to me. Maybe I get to just go back and think that thing that I'm really, really passionate about and then create a different option. And that's it, create a new possibility. And um, I think a lot of people get stuck in these on loops, whether it's about anger or something else, because this other layer of self-judgment. So removing that helps break that pattern first. Yeah. Um, because now people get to say, oh, well, I'm not bad for being angry. No, these are, you know, I believe that every emotion has a soul's intent of why that's manifesting as well as a shadow. And just like anything else, we just get to become aware of both. And then powerfully choose. Okay, well, knowing these cost and benefit analysis of this, what do we get to do now? What do we choose now? And that's it. Well, look who's on here right now. Nick! <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, Nick? He said, yeah. denial is not a big problem, LOL. <laughs> right. right. I see what you did there. <laughs> so I think, you know, uh, but uh, I know people who um, in, in my past that have been their initial reaction to everything is to get pissed off and get angry about it. Right. And, and they don't, I don't think that they even, even if you point it out, like, Hey, do you realize that your knee jerk reaction to everything in life is to get angry and they're in denial, right? Mm -hmm. What about those people? How do you help them get out of denial? Like, dude, yeah. you're a jerk every time something good or bad happens. How do you help that person? Or can yeah. you? Yeah, I think um, as uh, people who have those type of people in their lives, the best thing that we get to do is have those difficult conversations without blaming them, without attacking them, and just saying, hey, like, my experience of you is this. And I'm saying this out of love and also – the impact, show, sharing that true impact that it had on you. Mm -hmm. um, and I know this is going to sound super counterintuitive, but um, pouring them love, pouring them so much love that their anger has nowhere to go or grow. Um, like, for example, I had a situation where um, my mom and I, you know, we have a fabulous relationship now, which is amazing. And it wasn't always like that. And, um, my mom um, has, you know, so uh, go kind of going back, I'm going to get a little vulnerable here, which is my, my biological dad and my mom, they got divorced when I was younger, which is why I left Austin, Texas. Uh, um, was young. Yeah, yeah, just to kind of weave that story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my mom has this kind of like deep rooted resentment towards my biological father. And you know, after one of these like transformational like seminar coaching thing I did, I, I I called my mom fully knowing that this was gonna trigger her. Like I told her, I was like, hey mom, I, I didn't even say I'm gonna. I'm like, I'm just thinking about reaching out to my biological dad, you know, my my stepdad, who I called dad, by the way, had just passed away. And I'm starting to think about like, hey, my real dad is somewhere probably getting old as well. I'm just kind of curious how he's doing. Yeah. And and I knew full on this was not going to sit well with her. And, you know, I was prepared this time, though, because before I was like, whenever she would, you know, get mad about it, I'd be like, Mom, like, what is wrong with you? You know, this isn't about you, you know, just like, um, you know, clashing with her. Yeah. Instead, I, I, she, at the moment I brought that up, she just went off. She went off, totally expected. And she went off for a very, very long time to the point I was impressed. But I put the phone down. You were impressed? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, that's stamina. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so I put the phone down and I did something different. And, you know, sometimes we blame the other person. Like, why can't they break the pattern? But are we truly taking responsibility to break the pattern on our own as well? Like, because the, she would react and I would always react back to her. So... I was in that loop with her, you know, so I, I just put my phone down. 
I said it and I put it down, turned down the volume, and I just said this mantra, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I just prayed until she got tired of, you know, whatever she had to do, get out. It went on for a long time. And then after she kind of quieted down and I hadn't said one word, I um, picked up the phone and I was like, mom, like, are you complete? And then she went off for another 15 minutes and then she was complete. And then finally I said, mom, do you realize I literally didn't say a word the last hour? I've been praying for you because whatever that came up has nothing to do with me. Wow. You know, I'm very clear now. That has nothing to do with me, but I'm actually honestly concerned because I love you so much. And having done all these research, stress, anger is the killer of health. It causes cancer. It causes bad things. And I'm genuinely hopeful that you get to release that not for not for my dad not for me but for you because i love you and i want you to be around and for her something clicked that day that that she realized that this anger even though at the time she was certain that it was at me she got to take a step back because i got to i got to give her the space i got to not react i got to break the pattern on my end yeah she had no choice but to like really see what was going on. And then a week later, she's like, Yuri, I bought all these self-help books. And da, da, da. I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> but it was so amazing to see that transformation. That is so awesome. Yeah, and I don't get to take, you know, credit for it because it was her in the end who realized it. And I realized though how much I've been feeding into that story of anger with her, even though, sure, she might be the first one to react, but it's still my responsibility not to react to that reaction. Um, so yeah, I, I, um, I partially disagree with you. I think you do get to take some credit because the, the, you recognized it number one. And there's a, um, I don't know if it's, uh, what, what, what it's where it originated, but I'm sure you've heard of the um, Ho'opono Pono prayer, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that it's Hawaiian or 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 something yeah, like that? Fifty O's. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ho'opono Pono Pono or something. Um, but it's it's literally what you're talking about. Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote about it a lot. You know, saying "I love you," "I love," you. not out loud necessarily, but just saying "I love you," "I love you," "I love you," "I love you," "I love you." over and over and over to somebody like that or a situation like that. And, and, um, and, and it's, it's healing. It mm -hmm. literally is healing. Yeah. And, and so I think you get to take a little tiny smidgen of, of credit, <laughs> um, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing that you were aware enough, self-aware enough to, to, you know, be able to do that. That's incredible. Thank you. And I think for me in the last year specifically has been this process of embodying everything I teach and coach and I know, and like really bringing that knowledge down to my heart and my body. So I'm really living it. And that's when I started to really just become more in tune with everything. Because yeah. one thing to know, and I think there's nothing wrong with that because that's how it starts right. and then you start to live it is a whole different journey and by all means i'm not perfect i still have my moments and um it's it's been cool to like feel that in my body when i start yeah. to live in that um i'm just more peaceful <laughs> right. yeah and happy yeah and and, and the the eyes are the windows to the soul you can see it like you're just like i said earlier you're just radiating this this joy and happiness and it's amazing but i, I do have a question regarding that yes. do you ever get angry yes <laughs> yes you said that with an angry look on your face <laughs> my normal face um yeah i do hey bob and um and I will say it's really just the practice of shortening down, you know, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza talked about this as shortening oh. down that refractory period. Yeah. Are you going to still get angry? Sure. 
Um, but like noticing that right away or noticing that as soon as possible and then just turning back to like, how can I lean into my vision? How can I lean into creating something that actually works? Yeah. Um, and that time um, has shortened over and over and over again. So yeah, sure, there's moments and I just get to say, okay, um, yeah, what do, what do I wanna do from here? What can I take responsibility of? What can I do? Like, how can I move forward creating towards my vision rather than, you know, staying in this loop of any sort. You know, this, this, this period of time, you, there's never been a, a period of time in the history of the world that I'm aware of where the entire world went on lockdown, <laughs> like right? literally the entire world. And I've said like, man, what an opportunity to become so much more self-aware. Mm -hmm. And if you come out of this and you're not more self-aware and in tune with what you said earlier, your gifts, like you're, you're just like stealing from yourself. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. And from yourself, no one else. Yes. Yeah. You know, I love the fact that you, I mean, you left corporate America to be a coach and, and pursue what really, um, and, and I'm sure there was, was there a pay cut involved? <laughs> oh, let me just share with you the first like six months. I, I, it was actually kind of cool looking back again, you know, um, yeah. it was, I, there was a month where I literally made zero dollars. I went from making like, you know, six figures to a month where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have an income. And I got to really like sit with how much is my worth not attached to my income? Because mm. I think until that point, there was this level of, I am what I'm able to generate. I am what I'm able to make. And there was that like deep rooted part of me that thought my worth was attached to that. Yeah. So that month I was confronted once again, I had to find to redefine my worth outside of that completely because I knew that deep down I wasn't worth nothing just because I didn't have an income that much. Right. Um, but I also, um, yeah, it was it was very confronting and it was really freeing coming out of that. And I, I yeah. I, I can so relate to that. I remember when I first got sober, my world was collapsing, lost my business, the big house, two Mercedes, and my little coupe Mercedes was my identity <laughs> like and when they drove it away the repo man i was like i i my life ended at that moment like everything i thought was real about life suddenly became a lie and and i mean i was crushed and i went through that period right like i went through a period of like that's not what life's about so i kind of want you to touch on that a little bit more because they're most people, and I've heard Bob Donnell, who's, you you know, Bob, right? Yeah, Bob's amazing. I've heard him talk about this. I've heard a lot of great, great people talk about this, that their self-worth is attached to what they do. Yeah. And that is not, that's not what life's about, is it? Mm-mm. <sighs> yeah, life is about, and it's interesting because breaking that that paradigm for me has actually started to attract more abundance in my life detaching my word from money detaching my worth from how much i make is yeah. counterintuitively helping me make more money and abundance and you know different ways because now what happens is i don't have to do it i get to do it for fun i get to play i get to create i get to do things because I know that it's just all fun and games, you know? So instead of having to do it, it becomes fun and it becomes about just living my purpose. So, mm. yeah. So somebody that, and you know, um, and, and this is the reality of this current situation, a dear friend of mine, I will not mention names, but a very, very dear friend of mine, um, had someone under their employment that that they had to lay off during this period 
and that particular person committed suicide mm. and and I, I can't so i think that a lot of people are feeling really really um hopeless because of what we were just talking about their entire identity is attached to the money their the fear becomes overwhelming or or you know how do you those people that are are barely hanging on to life right now how how do you help them get past that in the moment and and become what they're meant to become yeah um so this is um something that i talk about in my book and it's um really a lot of people kind of i don't have like a nice little thing to show but imagine like there's you're building a foundation of a house yeah. and there's one giant one solid brick and if that breaks the whole house would collapse. So a lot of people have their entire identity in like one or two bricks for them to fall into that darker place is what I found. So my invitation for those people is to diversify your bricks into smaller bricks that can become a foundation. Meaning if you've only identified yourself as a professional in a certain industry or a business owner or you know even a husband or whatever try on putting on these different social identities that make up who you are to create that foundation so even it's kind of like jenga that one block game even if you pull one out you have the rest to support you and that could look like being in different communities um, that could look like trying different activities, maybe trying yoga, you can become a yogi, maybe try painting, you can become a painter at your in your heart, you can become a musician, you can become a friend, you can become, um, you know, redefine your identity as a granddaughter, grandson, um, a friend, best friend, you know, whatever these identity blocks are, create them, diversify them and lean on them to support you during this time, knowing that you're not made of one block. You're multidimensional. There's so many different aspects about each human. So it's impossible to say you're made up of this one identity. So a lot of times, you know, um, if you identify so much your entire identity with this job and that job gets pulled out, guess what? It's going to collapse. So right. start building those different um, identities, whether, you know, being in different communities, support group or you know, just trying different fun activities. I, you know, uh, nobody knows this yet, but when we first, before we, we went live, you said, Hey, I'm doing a thing to help raise money for a charity group. Um, can we talk about that? And I'm, and, and you don't, you, I, we don't know each other well enough for you to know this, but um, I'm, I like, that's, I live my life to give and help others. Like mm -hmm. that's literally what I do. And, and so I was like, oh my God, I love this chick already. Like <laughs> as soon as you said that, I was like, this is my kind of people. Oh, thank and, you, and, and I think that, that, you know, it's something we haven't touched on yet. I'm going to post the link by the way, right now to your charity group that, that, um, that you're talking about. And, um, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk about it, but I do want to say that the most successful, and I'm talking about happiness, joy, and financial, which is actually a byproduct of happiness and joy, right? Um, the, the happiest, most successful people in the world are, are normally huge givers. Do you find that to be true? Yes. And, um, so one of the categories of high performers I work with are some people who are financially abundant, yet they're not abundant. Yes. Um, and so, yes, for true abundance, true overflowing, true wealth, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I think I want you to talk about the um, what this this fundraiser is that you're you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And Ken, by the way, P.S. I felt the same way when you started talking about meditation. I'm like, these are my people. Yeah. No, yeah. 
did it for 16 plus years. That's incredible. I, I'll be late for a meeting before I miss meditation. Oh, that's I will not miss it. I will not miss meditation. When I'm traveling, I meditate in the morning, no matter where I am. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so important. Um, yeah. So I love that. And um, yeah, so I'm a part of this leadership group. It's called ALA. Um, it's called Ascension Leadership Academy. And then from there, we typically um, you know, have a project we're supposed to do for a community service project. And then this yeah. whole pandemic happened. So we really, really wanted to create an impact that's going to help people during this time. And what we agreed on as a group is that we get to help the frontline heroes. Um, I feel, I feel like, um, these are people who, I mean, a, a lot of us are just quarantined at home, but a lot of these people who are working frontline, they are risking their lives to help fight this, this pandemic, this war, yeah. this virus. And we don't even have to be there. And I get to, we get to, you know, be a part of that and know that we're in this together as a nation, as a community of actually global community, right? And um, so, yeah, anyways, we created something called um, uh, FrontlineHeroFund.com, uh, .org, I'm sorry. And then um, essentially this is going to go, we're going to raise um, $200,000 and up for the next 10 weeks um, to create funds for families of COVID-affected uh, frontline medical professionals. So mm -hmm. there are people who, you know, are nurses and doctors and the families of them who, and they got, you know, affected and critically fell ill or passed away. And mm -hmm. we help support those families. Um, and I think this is kind of twofold, which is some families um, actually need the funds and some families um, may need just even just like the warmth from the community. Yeah. So going to go both ways and we're going to it's going to be a grant like process of the uh the nurses and the doctors they can actually apply for this and we're, we have a committee that gets to award them and yeah so i'm personally committed to um raising at least ten thousand dollars and um yeah i would love to um post that below and uh yeah i think this is just a way for us to give back and um us to feel supported as a community and you know looking back during this quarantine, I want to say that I was a part of this. I want to say that I was a part of helping this community in some way. And so, and you know, it's actually been kind of hectic, like, because basically what we did is we created this fundraiser under um, an umbrella of a nonprofit called the Giving Angels. And right. it's actually eradicate homelessness for um, veterans. So it's kind of like we're we're helping the fallen heroes, but in a different time. So we got to be housed under that. Um, and we went through this whole process of creating this fundraiser and it's been so purpose driven that like, I'm, I've been so like, um, just, you know, busy in a good way. Like I, I'm getting, you know, I'm, I'm getting so many calls from all these people trying to figure this out. And I, in a way, like, I feel like this is exactly what I was supposed to be doing during this time. And, um, yeah, I'm just grateful that I get to hopefully create an impact. So if, um, you know, any of you guys are watching and you are called to help, I would love that. So, yeah. That is so awesome. You know, I, I think I can't even believe we are literally at the end of the hour already. That's insane. That happened. Like <laughs> what happened? So first, where is the best place for everyone to follow you? Yeah, so um, you can follow me on um, Facebook, obviously. We're on Facebook Live. Mm -hmm. You can follow me on um, Instagram. My handle is Yuri, Y-U-R-I, number one C. Um, or you can follow me on YouTube. You can follow me. Um, you can go to my website, YuriChoyCoaching.com. So many options. But Is, that, is, uh, is all your social media on your website too? Um, yes. Okay, yes. good, good. So, um, so it's just yurichoy.com is a, or no, 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 no. Yuri Choi, I'm going to, I'm going to create a banner and scroll it across the bottom as we finish up here. Um, coaching.com correct? Yes. Right there. Yurichoycoaching.com. Is that That's it? Banner. So cool. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> Yuri, what, what, um, for anyone right now that's struggling, 
um, that's fearful, that is um, uncertain. There's so much uncertainty. What do you say to those people? What are your, your parting words of advice or wisdom um, to help them get through this tough time? Yeah. All I have to say is remember who you are. You're born fearless. Um, there is, oh, we created all these illusions of certainty that life is certain in a certain way. We created this illusion of fears and really we just get to remember who we are, which is that we're fearless, limitless creators. What do you want to create? There's nothing wrong here. It's just different. So yeah, let's remember to access that creativity, that power that's always within you. Nick Lowry, thank you so much for introducing me. <laughs> He's amazing. And I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for spending the time with me this morning, sharing your I love your energy. You're just glowing with amazing energy. So thank you so much. And everybody, make sure you go over to yurichoycoaching.com. Follow Yuri. I'm sure if you have questions or a situation she she's there she's ready to help you so um follow her yuri don't hang up on me yet i'm gonna end this though thank you to everyone who's watched and shared this out and all of your wonderful comments thank you thank, thank you, you. thank you thank you ken i really appreciate you it's been an honor to be here and you're so awesome so thank you thank you thank you we'll see you guys later As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.